Welcome to the Tone Lounge Podcast, the definitive music industry and gear podcast with Jonathan Gilmet and Frank Fleckenstein. Good morning, guys. This is the Tone Lounge Podcast. We're at episode number eight in our still very young podcast. This morning with me, as always, my good buddy Jonathan Gilmet, live from Belgium. And we have a guest today, Andy, the guitar geek, coming in live from uh, Austria, right? Yeah, Austria. Österreich. Österreich. Uh, where, where are you located exactly? Uh, near Linz. So about half an hour from Linz. Uh, two hours from Vienna, in case anyone wonders that. That's the obvious question. Nowhere near Vienna. In the countryside. So you're, you're right in the middle of what? It's snowy there right now. It seems must be snowing snowy, right, right now. I can see it outside the window, and I've only fallen over about twice today so far. Oh, uh, twice! I was not. I was not built for snow. No, <laughs> <laughs> because you're originally uh, from from the UK. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, from Gloucestershire. Beautiful Gloucestershire. There. I miss it. Mm. And what what brought you to uh, to Austria? A girl, of course. The same reason, love, love. l'amour. Love <laughs> um, l'amour. Do you want the story? Do you want? Do you want to kick off with a quick story about that? That's quite a fun please. story. Please, please. Um, I used to be an entertainment manager for a chain of nightclubs and entertainment bars in the UK, and that was really fun. And no responsibilities apart from turning up on time. That was great, and uh that all went to pot in 2009 when the financial crisis hit the uk i lost my job so i got in my car with my best friend and we drove to france with a guitar and an sm58 and a little cube bus amplifier and um i busked on the streets through europe got to lyon in france and met this austrian girl and now we live here we have two kids and we might get married soon if she ever, you know, gets her shit together. Uh, oh, can uh, I say? Can I say that? You can swear it's as a, much yeah, as you yeah. want. As much <laughs> as you want. We have. We only have two rules on this podcast. One is we try to keep it under two hours, which today uh, I've heard we are going to achieve that. And the other thing is you can uh, speak f your mind freely, and that includes swearing. So we 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 don't okay. do kids entertainment here. No. Nope. Okay. Then the poo bum split pop pim willy willy. How there dare you? I'll get them all out now. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and in case, if you're wondering, that's not a dig at my fiance. She's just really nervous about getting married. And, you know, I'm hoping that she can, you know, pluck up the courage to say, uh, say those, those magic words. Well, if, yes, if, you if can it's, have as many guitars as you want. <laughs> if it's in any <laughs> consolation to you, me and my, my spouse, we've been together for 20 years and we're getting married in two weeks. So 20 years before she said yes. Okay, 20. Wow. So dude. Oh, <laughs> whoa. What's happening? I put my thumbs up and I had fireworks on my screen. What? Doesn't do this that with weird. me. Can you see that? I see it. Stop doing it. <laughs> no, I should oh. never stop doing it. Frank, why? I feel left okay, out. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Fuck. It's not working. Oh, it's not working. Damn it, Frank! Um, did, did you disable my thumbs wow. up thing? No, I have. Even, I have no idea. I'm you, sure it even you existed. I, I, no, I think I have you no did. clue. No, you, you <laughs> did just to make me look weak. Look, 
Stop. <laughs> Fucking thing ain't working. Are you sure those are thumbs? Because it looks like sausages from from this web webcam. It, it is. It is. It is sausages. Sorry. So all sausages. Sausage finger man. <laughs> <laughs> and even up close, it doesn't work. Look at that. Okay, whatever. This yeah, we'll find. I'll, I'll I'll find out. I'll find out about it. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to kick off kick off with another story. Um, it's not the story where uh you and I, uh Andy, where we met, but when I saw you the first time. So it must have been, um, Musikmesse 2015, 2016, something that I'm not sure which year it was, but it was still. A music messer worth going to because there was still enough uh, booths around. There was still and um, yeah, it must have been like 2015, 2015. It was 2018. Something. Was my only music messer I've ever been to. Really? Okay, so then yeah. uh, my bad. Um, must have been 2018, and then that must have been the last music messer really worth going to. And I remember um, walking around, and I'm not sure where I was heading to, but I saw this guy uh, that was like quite large and uh, he uh, had this like big head and he had a lot of camera equipment with him and he was like going through a list of things and I was like okay seems like one of these uh, YouTubers um, and then those YouTubers half an hour later I went into <laughs> some kind of one of the halls I saw you again I was like okay how did this guy get here so fast anyways a little bit later another hall saw you again. I was like, either this guy has a twin or a clone or he's really fast and he's really uh, driven to create and uh, record as much content as possible. That was the first time that I saw you and now, uh, rolling up a few years, uh, it's 2024 and you've recently passed 100,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. Congrats on that. Crazy. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely nuts. Uh, it's absolutely true. I do have a twin. Um, <laughs> he, he he recently quit, which is why I haven't uploaded in a few weeks because I've had to do all the work mm -hmm. myself. Um, but yeah, that was 2018. That was quite genuinely. If I hadn't gone to that music messer, I wouldn't be sitting here with you now. Even oh, though that oh. was the last one, and it was I, I lost some hearing due to how loud it was, and I was oh. ill prepared. Um, if I hadn't have gone there, I wouldn't have made certain connections and met Henning as well in, in person. I wouldn't have gone to Tolman's Gearhead University that year. And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be sitting here now doing this. You know, I'd be uh, in a ditch somewhere, you know, begging for money. <laughs> With, that's, that's without not a, a good camera. future. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the camera in the ditch, give me money. <laughs> yeah, that's an idea. Someone write that down. Yeah, sounds good. No, that was a great, great music message. It was uh, um, an eye opener for sure. It was uh, really tough work, but um, as you said, yeah, you you got to run around to those places because um, I had to get as much content done as possible. I thought so. Um, this seems to have paid off, and I had fun. Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't remember much of it. That was the year that um, Henning had his camera stolen, if you ever remember that story. Henning I Pauling, remember that, that. yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yes, yes. That was, uh, like, all over the... Not all over the news, but, like, at least in the circles, uh, everybody knew. It was like, what? They stole his camera? What the hell? 
Um, I believe that 2018 was the last time. Uh, was the last time that because I was there with with Reverb. It was the last time that Reverb had a booth there, and then 2019 was so poor that um, I went there. But I went to Frankfurt for another event. I was like, okay, so I could go and see what's going on there um, at least for like an, an hour or so. And it was like a funeral. It was terrible. Um, so that's... And that's when, I mean, that's, you know, one thing goes down, the other thing went up. Uh, you know, Guitar Summit has been on the rise ever since. So Yeah, that's a good place. I like that place. Yeah. I actually, uh, I, I saw you, Andy, at Guitar Summit uh in 2023 and it's actually my son who pointed you out he was like hey dad look it's that guy on youtube and i'm like it is that guy on youtube and i could see you walking around with your trolley there with all the gear and i tried twice to go talk to you man but everyone was just like on you like talking to you i was like i'll catch him later <laughs> i'm so sorry um, no, i don't yeah, apologize that's just a shame no, it's, it's it would have been nice to to say hi, but um, yeah, quite rightly, again, those events for me are are so much fun, but um, uh, it, it's 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 I had to say it is hard work, but I'm very careful when I say that kind of thing about what what I do, what we do, because I've had jobs where I literally had bleeding hands at the end of the day, you know, and yeah. and people work and put their backs out and they disagree that what we're doing right is um is hard work and i've had a lot of that recently you're not you don't work hard you should try carrying concrete well i've done that and it wasn't fun so um <laughs> no. now i do this <laughs> but yeah uh it was it is hard work you are in demand it's a nice feeling and um i love meeting people real people rather than talking to these cameras because they don't yeah. often talk back yeah. yeah it's it's true i think it's um I think people got used to the whole screen thing during the pandemic and um but it was good to finally like be face to face uh with each other which um I think 2022 was the first time Guitar Summit took place again um mm. yeah and it was yeah it was good to see people and it's like yeah the the feedback you'll get from being around people is obviously very different from the feedback that you get looking at a at a computer screen, um, that's for sure. I have um, I have a question around your channel because one thing that I see happening very often and happened to me, and I mean my my channel is like uh, so dead and and not even close to be compared to yours. But what I see, what you deal really well with, is bullies. I've seen several you you're calling out the bully i've seen several times that people try to come up with a stupid comment on one of your videos and you always find a way to put them uh to put them in their in their place um and i also like that you're uh, very open and honest about what's going on with with companies um i remember that case where this company wanted a, a say in how the videos should be and that everything should be positive and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I don't think there are a lot of people out there who do that, to be honest. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was waiting for a question, but I, I'll happily just respond to that. Um, I started the channel because I felt that the 
um, there was a, a music newspaper in the UK called NME. It's quite famous. Many people know it. it's been around, I think, since the 60s. And every time I was buying it as a teenager, and every time I bought it, it said, the new best indie band, uh, this band. And then next week, it would be, the new best indie band is this band. And nah. it used to really frustrate me because I'm like, that can't be. And I was a teenager and I was, you know, I was still very trustworthy of grown-ups and corporations and people and, and establishments. And I was, yeah, I stopped buying the magazine. And then the same thing happened with YouTube where it was the best overdrive or the best this and the ultimate that. And I got very frustrated thinking, firstly, I thought what they're doing looks easy. It isn't. So I've, I've, I've learned that. Um, <laughs> and also, I, it can't be the best overdrive because you played the best overdrive literally seven days ago. Yeah. Um, and I now know that it's a lot more complicated than that. And I've seen how the, the sausage is made. So it's not as, uh, as black and white as that. It's mainly gray. But the, the whole basis of my channel is... I'm definitely not an expert. I'm definitely not a virtuoso, but I am open and honest and I will give you what I really think. And there are, there is some packaging added on top of that, like, you know, YouTube thumbnails and titles, but the actual meat of the stuff is, is just me sat in this room talking to what I think, are you know, my friends. And, uh, I think that's very, What's the word? It's very um, digestible by most people, rather than by having marketing thrown at you. Uh, yeah. And that's what I try to do with my channel, and I can't do anything else. So luckily, I've just done it enough that it's gained an audience. And the people that watch my channel, hello, if you're watching this, by the way, um, we are, some of us, actual online friends. You know, I, I count them as... Uh, sort of people that I, I respect and enjoy spending time with. So that's, that's really cool. And, and by doing that, the channel is generally a nice place, you know, the comments section. But then there's always someone trying to, you know, poke the bear or upset the smiley weird guy. And I, I just, I genuinely don't know what those people are doing with their lives. Um, I will also say I don't always deal with it, Frank in the best okay. way it's just maybe maybe you've seen uh the highlights you know there, there are some times <laughs> i've learned a lot in the past put it that way um there's of course two ways of doing it engage them or ignore them mm. um but my favorite way of dealing with people that are just out to you know set the world on fire is just write are you okay question mark mm. and Sometimes you'll get an answer and they might, I've even had people say, no, I'm having a really tough time. I sorry, I'm sorry. I wrote that blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you just get someone with some verbal diarrhea and they just want to, you know, unleash the, the anger. Uh, and sometimes people don't respond to that. So I, I genuinely do care if someone's okay, but also that are you okay? Covers you're being a dick. Stop it. You know? Yeah. Um, and it also, it's really quick to type quite frank oh no i won't be frank you'd be frank yeah, sorry yeah. i'm a dad <laughs> have you ever found that by having this approach you took a viewer and were able to convert them into someone that could actually become a, not only a subscriber but someone that like contributes positively to your community online Ye 
Yes. Um, to talk about when I used to work in the nightclubs again, we used to have this then. Um, well, I was, I, because I was a manager, I had people you know, I was responsible for. And um, I went to all these seminars to try and improve that. And it was mainly bullshit. But there was mm. something that I learned was <laughs> you, you can have an employee who can be uh, a terrorist employee, they call them. So they, they work there and they do their best to upset everybody and to actively not um, make money, I guess, or actively make the place worse. And that's what I call these these uh, these commenters. But if you can turn a terrorist into a proponent, then they are the strongest positive positive force that you can have in that business. And I took that from what I learned from from whatever seminar that was, uh, and applied it to to the YouTube channel. And it's absolutely true. Uh, there are people now that that are that have been very very naughty, shall we say. And and now they're really strong. They watch every video. They comment. They don't always agree, and that's absolutely fine. They're still honest and open, but there's a a respect now and a, a kind of partnership, and they have ownership slightly of the channel, and and by doing that, uh, they end up defending the channel or me or the piece of gear or someone else in the comments uh, for me, which is great. And um, yeah, I see that as a real achievement. I. I know that I just play guitar and just talk about guitar stuff, but my life wouldn't be as fulfilling if I just did that. So I kind of try and be a positive force um, within my sphere of people, if, if that makes sense. And maybe that's overreaching slightly, but it is possible. It is important to me to to do something positive without yeah. being positive about the gear. You know, to be honest about the gear, but be positive when you're you know slagging something off. <laughs> Well, another yes. thing too, uh, Andy, that I've noticed is that, like, I've been watching your channel for many years, and I'm not trying to kiss ass here. I'm just genuinely being you know, oh, please. honest no, about go for it. it. I'm, so I, I'm I've ready. been watching, I've been watching your channel for many years, and I think what keeps me coming back, like you mentioned earlier, you're not a virtuoso, you know, you're not probably the the most knowledgeable people. Like, just every YouTuber are like that. But what keeps me coming back is that you have a smile on your face almost throughout the whole video. And I'm not someone who can smile easily. So when I see someone else that smiles and looks like they enjoy themselves, I kind of find myself being kind of cheered up, if you will. And I don't know if your audience is like me, but it's one of the reasons why I've been following your channel for a long time. You look like you're enjoying yourself. And by talking to you today, I can see you're authentic. Like, it's not bullshit. You're not putting up, like, this fake persona of a nice guy. You are a nice guy. It comes across, like, right now as we're talking. So I think that might be another element of why you have the success that you have. You're a nice guy. People know not to step on your toes. You don't have the overreaching. And you're knowledgeable. If you take all of that, it explains why your channel hit 100K. Thanks. Um, I learned probably the hard way that you have to be yourself in life. And uh, as a dad now, I, I tell my kids this every day, whatever you do, do it as yourself. Don't be it. And this, luckily we can talk about these these days, but when I was growing up, there was no advice about any of that. You had to just yeah. get into work, get into life and get into education yeah. and get results. But now, and, and that's still important, but Whatever you, what I believe that whatever you approach in life, approach it as yourself. And I spent many years of my teens and 
early to mid twenties trying to be someone else, trying to be yeah. cool or trying to be someone that I thought I wanted to be. Um, and the older I got, the more like a child version of myself, I, I went back to becoming, and I don't mean that, you know, I like coloring in and playing Lego, but which I do, but, um, for a different reason now, but I'm back to the real me that I was when I was young, you know, and I, I don't know. I went through years of depression. Uh, I still suffer from uh, mental health issues, and I talk about that on the channel as well. And that, yep. again, is an element that I like to bring in because as creatives, uh, people that watch my channel also, I think, suffer and are more sensitive more than non-creatives, Is there if there is such a thing as a non-creative. But um, yeah, it's important to me just to be me because... My kids are just outside that door. You can often hear them screaming in my videos. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to be the guy on camera and then come out and be a different guy because that's yeah. confusing. Yeah. It, is, yeah. it is an amplified version, to be fair. There's, there is a, you know, there's a touch more energy on, on camera because you have to be. Yeah. Um, but it is at the core, it's just me being myself. And... Um, Sounds like a, an advice seminar. It's me being myself and, <laughs> and doing it every, every day, twenty four seven. Yeah, but it's, the, the, obviously the 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 main difference is because, yeah, you said you you bring these things, uh, especially the, the the topic of mental health. You bring that into the whole into the whole game into the whole. Uh, it's it's part of of your message. Um, one thing is very very clear, if you would be a creative in front of a live audience. I I doubt that the chance that someone would dare to stand up and like shout all these things that you that people write and then leave as a comment is next door to zero. Simply because yeah. people don't have uh they don't have the balls to 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 stand up and tell to maybe maybe one guy out of out out of a million that happens to yeah. be in the audience, like one of these so-called hecklers, you know, uh, that that like to bother people and then got, get thrown out because, you know, they're just bothering people. But it is so much easier for the, the so-called keyboard warrior to just, you know, look at something. And uh, just before before we started the, the recording, I had a, a conversation with Jonathan about this. It's like... Um, It's super easy to just, you know, write something and like, you know, like poop it out there. Um, people wouldn't tell you that stuff in 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 real life in a real life uh, conversation because they just, you know, they just they don't have the courage. It's so much easier to hide, <clears throat> sorry, to hide behind a, a username, and then suddenly uh, you look at the comments in your channel and it's like, and somebody. I don't know, Dick Waver 69. <laughs> um, right. Oh, not that guy. Screw yeah, that guy. This guy. This, yeah, this guy, guy again, man. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, you, you can't even play. You suck, blah, blah, blah. And I know for a fact that uh, because it is not that kind of direct feedback, people take it much more seriously and, and much more personally than if it if it would be, you know, if somebody tells you, you know, you suck, was like, whatever. No, bye. But for some reason, it seems to hurt more if it happens in the comment section of somewhere. And it's, uh, I think it's an interesting phenomenon. If there, there are two things that I'd like to, to talk about there. One, the first one is that 
these keyboard warriors, you know, trolls, whatever you want to call them, they're also people. And when I when I yeah. read those comments, I think, okay, there's something wrong with that person, mm. um, or that person's having a bad day. And yeah, it's really easy to take it out on some fluffy haired guy on the internet. You know, why not? Because I'm we're never going to meet in real life. And as you said, if we meet in real life, um, they're probably not going to be the you know the angry person that they are with the keyboard. Uh, I, I liken it to to road rage, you know, and getting angry with other drivers. Mm. I love shouting at other drivers on the on the motorway on the autobahn. Um, I, my kids and and my fiance we, they laugh at me and they sometimes tell me <laughs> off because I'm like, look at this prick! What do you think you're doing? You know, and I don't feel that way at all. But it is quite cathartic it to is, get yeah. that out, you know. Yeah. Um, and most of the time, I am joking. And there was a period where I took it a bit seriously and thought, oh, this is becoming the new me, so I better stop. But yeah, it's a road rage kind of thing where um, the the worst thing that can happen is you pull up next to them uh, at the traffic lights, you know, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, just keep looking straight ahead, you know? Uh, so there is that element to it that you're never going to see these people ever again. And if, if you do in real life, you're probably not going to approach them. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is that these comments did not always bounce off me, you know? Um, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's a, it's a sad thing that people that put their lives online have to go through. Mm. Um, and I actually had a meeting with YouTube safety, whatever they name it, con content creator safety and security, uh, department. Oh, okay. Whatever. Uh, and we had a lot, we had a, a big chat about how it is to be a creator and they wanted to know if YouTube are doing enough and if they're doing the right thing and how they, what's my favorite method of dealing with people who are being negative. Um, and it's some advice to any content creator out there on YouTube there is a hide this person from the channel button. Mm -hmm. And that is the most amazing creation ever because the person that if they're going nuts at you, they think that they're being read or heard or listened and posted. And as far as they're concerned, their comments are going on the video and they're not, they're mm -hmm. just hidden forever. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's hilarious. I, I, <laughs> I, I find that very, very funny. Um, so that's the, for me, that's how I deal with, with someone if, if they really go too far. But, uh, frankly, the, the channel is not negative at all, but they stand out, Frank, as you said, uh, because mostly the people are, are, are really cool. And then when you get a, um, a naughty person, they, they stand out. I, yeah. I have a comment, uh, about this cause I, I go through that myself. Like I've been doing YouTube for five years and I've had to change my thinking about comments and what I think is a negative comment, right? Because if you come at it just looking for praises and then you see someone say, this video missed the point, you did this wrong, you did that, uh, that wrong, and you see this as being negative, as someone just trying to shit on you for whatever reason, you're missing the point because this person can help you improve your content. So making the difference between having your ego wanting to be fluffed by your audience and someone saying to you, you could do better. That is not a negative comment. It's actually very positive because it can help you grow on this platform and be able to serve people what they want. And knowing what is negative and what is like constructive criticism is super crucial. Cause when I started, I would have people say stuff like when your channel is small and you're trying to make it, you know, with the big guys, 
people just push you down. They don't want more people saturating the market, right? So they're just going to push you down. <laughs> and, the, and the thing that I found with that is that, like, I remember I had like 30 videos on, on my YouTube channel. I, I had been doing it for a few months and I was taking this very seriously. And then I'm looking through and here's the mindset that's wrong with like just looking for the negative. I was looking at the thumbs down as opposed to the thumbs up. And if I saw one thumbs down and a hundred thumbs up, that one thumbs down would just completely shatter me. I was mm -hmm. like, why? I worked on this for a yeah. week. Why do you see the ego was at the forefront? So instead of looking at it as analytics, you're getting information. Here's how you can improve. I think a lot of us, when we start to go into this YouTube journey, we have our ego up front. We say, we worked hard on this fucking video. You better like it. That's not how this works. If you fall short, people will let you know. And it's a good thing that they can let you know. That's how you improve. That's how I see it anyways. I agree, Jonathan. I think the comments... The, the negative comments that can hurt are the ones that are right, as you said, you know, just to, to summarize that they're, they're, they're real. Um, and, and you know, they're right. You just don't want them to be right. Yeah. Like, I, ah, you, you forgot to, I wish you'd told us the weight of the guitar, or I wish you'd completely, uh, discovered all the gain on that pedal. And you think, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do that. Whoops. You know, no. but you can get your ego in the way. Um, yep. I, I do this. I do this diary every day called the Six Minutes Book or the, the Sex Minuten Tagesbuch in, in, in German, and because um, it's in German, I'm, I'm trying to improve that because I live here for twelve years. It's going terribly. Um, <laughs> in that book, it was it was telling us it was telling me that uh, human beings are programmed to only notice negative stuff because we notice it to keep ourselves alive, to survive. Oh no, there's a lion over there. Or in my case, more likely a wolf or a, a big dog. But uh, <laughs> um, we don't notice the positive stuff because that doesn't help us. It doesn't help us progress. So it's against, if I'm to believe this book and these studies, it's against our nature at the very core of, of our programming to notice the positive stuff if there's something negative there. Like, Oh, wow, there's a big bush with lots of fruit on it. We can eat all that fruit, but there's a little lion next to it. Better run away from the bush. So that's probably oversimplifying, but um, <laughs> that's how I look at it. And sometimes that lion's just chilling out. You know, they're just there. They're not doing anything. They're not, they're not interested in you. So ignore them. <laughs> You feed yeah, them. But the sometimes food. you better you better run. <laughs> yeah, feed 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 them. Send send them to someone else's video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I have a question around content creation and uh, paid promotion, because uh, sure. I mean, yeah, we have um, I and and probably other people as well have like some sort of insight uh, of what. Um, someone like you or someone like Henning or all the other guys who are making uh, gear-rated content are uh, charging for a video of a certain length, of a certain detail, etc., etc. So, um, but how do you how do you deal with paid promotion and still maintaining uh, uh, honesty and transparency regarding making, uh, making a gear-related video? It's very simple. Um, the mindset is they're paying for my time, not my words. Um, and quite frankly, they're paying for my reach as well, to put it into horrible influencer terms. 
um, which even though, which because even though I celebrated a hundred thousand, it still feels dirty for me, you know, to think that <laughs> you're doing that. It, it, it's, it's more of a celebration than a thank you. Um, now let's get back to work, you know. So, of course, I need to be paid for my time. Anyone does, you know. You, you call a plumber. You, you. What's another example of someone that gets paid well? An electrician. I just had an electrician. He yeah. came to look at my electrics box, and he did nothing. He just looked at it, and it cost me a hundred euros. Anyway, yeah. that's that's some <laughs> personal stuff I've got going on there. I'll deal with that later tonight in my diary. Um, <laughs> guitar. I, I watch a lot of YouTube. I don't watch a lot of guitar YouTube, and guitar YouTube tends to be quite toxic and dis uh, mistrusting and mm. disingenuine and i i don't know where it comes from but for me it's certainly linked to magazine reviews where this guitar was nine and a half out of ten. Oh, oh it's a good guitar turn the page oh look there's an advert for that guitar you know it, it yeah, yeah we we at least subconsciously know and i don't want to shit too much on magazines because i still read them i still enjoy them um, we, how can I put this? The responsibility is on the viewer to decide if they trust the thing that the piece of media they are consuming, that piece of information, how it's being fed to them. It's your responsibility as the viewer. And if you think you're being lied to switch off, it's that simple. Leave a nasty comment first, of course, but switch <laughs> off, go and watch something else. And, and that's how I deal with it on my channel. I'm totally open. I get paid for most of my videos last year. I charged 750 euros and I don't mind telling everybody that because if the viewer knows it helps me because when I say something positive about this, I don't know, this guitar geek mug, for example, that you can buy on my, my spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, did you notice how the water didn't fall out then? That was great. Wow. Um, when you, when you, when you say something positive and someone trusts you, um, then you, you kind of retain that trust. It's easier to get trust by saying something negative. And to, if you, if you release a negative video, like I'm not going to name any names, but there's been a spate of videos recently. And even I did one, uh, a big one. This company's rubbish, or this this guitar's rubbish, and they're lying to you. Oh no! People go, oh yes, please give me give me that negative information that I love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can, you can gain trust <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but but it's 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 a tough old world. And at the end of the day, YouTube making videos. Um, I've just spent another bunch of money on new cameras that I probably don't need, but for me. As you said earlier, Jonathan, you feel like you want to give people the best you can give them. And for me, I noticed that little thing in the side of the camera that doesn't quite please my eye as much as it could. But this new camera doesn't do that. So I'm going to go and buy myself a new camera, which, of course, yeah. costs money. So who's going to... I, um, I have a friend, Emily. She She's from Get Offset. Uh, and she's amazing. And I, and I love her. And her husband's brilliant. And they're, they're a power couple. And I, I hate them as much as I love them because I'm you know, very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh she was talking about um this kind of thing with with dealing with people and oh paid videos are you can't trust paid videos and you can't trust that and you can't do this and people shouldn't be paid for what you do you should just buy the gear i used to do that <laughs> people still do that but you can't sustain that and what you end up with is you end up with a 
crappy looking video with crappy audio because if you want to do this as a job you have to invest in certain parts of gear and then of course it becomes an obsession and you take it too far i don't need new cameras for example everything's fine no one's ever complained but i started this channel on my phone which barely did 1080p video and those videos are still some of my top performing videos and it's it's insane so i've kind of lost my train of thought and i'm going to stop talking no, but no, I, it's, I think it, there was i think there's some information there yeah i, I think <laughs> i know where you're going with this andy is that i i think a lot of us are going too much with the overly produced videos so i i've done it myself i'm guilty of that like having all the b-rolls as fancy as you can have it and because i have the voice that i have it sounds like some kind of shamwow commercial so it's like this is the new pedal by ffx and then you're like panning <laughs> and all this stuff and people are like oh fuck this guy's bought out he's a shill and all this stuff and it's like no i'm not even paid i got the pedal in exchange for this video oh so you got the pedal yeah. for free no, it's not free. I still have to make the fucking video. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, this guy's <laughs> opinion's bought out. It, it's At first, it used to piss me off. And then I, I realized that it's my fault because I'm the one going too over the top with the production because I thought that's what people wanted. And then as I'm scrolling yeah. through like different videos for demos, I see this guy. You see him put his phone on his desk. He's got no microphone, you can't see him, and he's playing, and it sounds like shit. And people are like, this is a great video, man, because we get the real sound of the room. With a 10-cent microphone from the phone? The fuck you talking about? And that used to piss me off, but I clued into what they were talking about. This was a genuine person who bought the gear, they weren't given given the piece of gear in exchange for the video. This is someone who bought it. They're not a shred player. And if you can take that lesson away from a video like that and see that this person has 30,000 views on a video and you go, okay, mm -hmm. I got 2,000 on mine. Am I just jealous because this person was more authentic than I was? So then I have to rethink my formula and think, okay, I'm overproducing. I'm going too over the top. I'm not getting to the point quick enough and I'm not serving these people what they came here to hear. They want to know, is it good or not? So there you go. I, I think that's what makes a video look less overly produced and makes you look less like your opinion is bought out. It's when you're more like straight to the point with the video. Now you still have those mm -hmm. douchebags who are going to come in and say, Oh, you got paid for this video. Yeah, well, excuse me, I'm not a martyr. I'm not going to buy all this stuff, ruin myself financially, so you can watch 30 seconds of this video and then bail out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm being harsh. <laughs> no, I'm just enjoying bitching about everything. It's great. I, no, so I love it. <laughs> empty of all this bad energy. I'm going to open the windows, but the energy. Yeah, just, the just let it out. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm, I'm going to go and drive my car for 10 minutes. That'll do. Ah, oh, you! Go away! <laughs> Get out you know, of my road. That's what that's what we're all about, you know. Like, uh, you know, living, living catharsis. <sighs> Just yeah. let it all, let's, let it let it all out. No, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, first of all, yeah. Th thanks for for maintaining the the honesty and and saying it as it is. These people and these companies are paying for 
the time that you invest in making the video, getting to know the gear. In a lot of cases, you, you even don't, you, you might have never seen or played the gear that they send you. So there's also an element of getting to know the gear in order to be able to present it in a way that everybody knows what it's about and to, to, to then decide if it's for them. You know, so there's there's this element and that it's just it's really time consuming. Whenever I tried making a video and be thorough about it, I, I it took me a lot of time because I have a day job. I have a I have a regular mm. job and if whenever I try to make both things work at the same time, I w I'm not able to produce videos um like one video a week would be like, okay, but then I'm cutting down time on my family and I'm cutting down time my kid and whatnot so um yeah in the end uh yeah never didn't happen never wasn't um there was never enough resources and time um and time for me but so yeah um it's good that you that that you're keeping it uh it, it honest um what was the the product that you reviewed that you got paid for that you had to leave the worst kind of conclusion for Uh, oh. I don't know if I got paid. The I know the answer to that question where I know I didn't get paid was the Fender GT40 amplifier. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, I do have it. So I just thought that was rubbish. It was a, a absolute miss. And I am a bit of a Fender fanboy. I, mm -hmm. I love Fender guitars. Um, and it it amazes me that I get to work with them. You know, it's I love it. Uh. I've grown up with them, but that amp was an absolute miss. And I was, you know, you have to be honest again. Mm. Um, and in the talking, I've realized the answer to your question. It was also an amplifier, the Blackstar ID core version three, uh, the current version. Um, I got in a lot of, not trouble, but I got in some, a lot of arguments with Blackstar over that. Okay. Um, and I have to say, um, they, they turned that all around and everything's super cool now and they learned a lot from it as a company and i've met with them and the 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 main guys at blackstar several times and they're super nice people they're knowledgeable and they do make great amps yeah however the amplifier that i had at that time and don't forget that these things have a, a tolerance a, a build quality tolerance yeah and this is a low priced amp uh that amp was whistling through the headphone socket and every time oh. i played something you could hear and it was really, I, I couldn't not say something, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, I went really far. I even put some tissue paper or something next to the headphone socket and filmed it flapping around. It was, <gasps> uh, no. <laughs> may, may, maybe a step too far, but I wanted to prove my point so that if anyone, you know, said something, I could say, look, doing it right there. Um, and yeah, that wasn't received that well. But in doing so, I kind of like what Jonathan spoke about earlier the relationship between me and Blackstar became very respectful because okay. we were like, right, this is all on the table. This is all open. Um, you paid me. They, there was never no question of not paying me either, by the way. They, they were all good people. Um, but there's the money. There's your video. There's me. There's you, Blackstar as a company. There's the contact person as a person also. Um, and we found common ground. And now we work together all the time. And in fact, there's a Blackstar right, right, right there. <laughs> Yeah, oh, nice. um, uh, it's a great amp, and yeah, it, it's it it 
Honestly, I've gone for quite a while without doing one of those videos or having one of those experiences. And it makes me wonder if I am turning too positive. And I have to, you know, check myself several mm. times. Like, and then, but then I'm in videos like, I've got to find something negative about this. I can't. It's brilliant. Yeah. And it only costs a hundred bucks, you know? And the fact is, it's never been a better time to be a gear lover. Mm. Um, we're yeah. so lucky so so lucky um and also it doesn't matter it's just gear mm. it, it i have enough guitars and pedals and amps more than enough than i will ever need and then another one comes in and i, and I, I must say i still buy gear that's that's really important to me i still buy gear i'm still looking at the used ads in my local websites you know uh, I'm still looking at mm -hmm. stuff on reverb and I'm still going, oh man, I would love that. There's a Les Paul custom on there at the moment from 1980, no, 1994. No, I'm not going to say anything. It's from 1972 <laughs> and it's blue. Oh. Uh, no, uh, it's, there's a guitar on that at the moment and I just look at it every day and it causes me trouble. So I, I, I do love gear. And I think again, that's, you have to love it because you're doing it all day long. And if, if you're just doing it for the money, um, you're going to be absolutely miserable. Oh yeah, because you're surrounded, and and it does get to the point sometimes. There are some points where four boxes will arrive, and this sounds like an awful complaint. Four boxes will arrive, and oh no, another four pedals. You know, because I <laughs> because I see work, yeah. and I know someone's going to be listening to this, going, "What's he talking about? I'd love that." <laughs> And I do love that. And you have to check yourself, but also yeah. you have to think, okay, I'm not going to see my kids this week because there's four pedals that are right there. My reminder wow. for that, Andy, is that uh, in 2020, I had Brian Wampler reach out to me saying, uh, would you be interested in doing demos for two pedals? And this was the first time anyone ever reached out to me. So I was so excited. So I get in the chat, you know, I'm, I'm talking with Brian and he says, if you take this seriously and you push it far enough, at some point, you're going to need a warehouse to put all the pedals because you're not going to know what to do with it. I, don't know, I was like, that sounds like a great problem to have. He's like, we'll talk about it later. Four years <laughs> later, pedals come in. I feel exactly like you. I'm like, oh, fuck. This company sent me like five pedals. Now I have to script the, the video. I have to do the research. I have to try it out with different amps. I, now I see it as work. But before it was like goodies, like bring it on. How many pedals you got? Just send them my way. I don't even charge. Just send me your pedals. Now I'm like, yeah, shit, I should start charging. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually haven't repaid the compliment, by the way. I watch your channel. Uh, I, I love what you do. I love that you work with the, the Vox. Um, it's, I, I love that you're very consistent, or at least you were. I, I'll be honest, I haven't done a lot of YouTube recently. But when I was watching you and when I watch you, you're doing that little, is it the AC4 or the AC10? Uh, I, I, uh, I do uh, every Vox I can get my hands on. Mainly it's okay. the AC15, but I, I'll do I like see, the oh. Pathfinder. <laughs> and, and I even got uh, the uh, an old AC50 from 1966. So I'm, a, I'm about wow. to go on to that too. So, yeah. And I didn't know yeah, you watched I, the I, channel, so that's awesome. <laughs> in that case, I shall make sure to leave a comment because I, I am... I am a sort of what's the word uh, a ghost viewer, you know. Yeah, yeah. I sneak yeah. around, you just I, just uh, get in, a, in amongst it. it. What's <laughs> he doing? What what licks can I steal from him? Oh, all of them. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, he plays it like that. Ew. <laughs> Ew, uh, I feel so good about myself. <laughs>
<laughs> Did you see his sausage fingers? <laughs> they don't even have fireworks when he does this. I don't. Ah, oh, it didn't work. I, I, I kind of get it. I, ne I need to look into that. I kind of get the sense that you can only do it once <clears throat> per session. So maybe. Yeah. Oh. <gasps> oh. Uh, look at that. Did it work? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm I bubbles do that. or something. <laughs> I'm going to do that Bill O'Reilly. Fuck it! We'll do it live! It's raining! <laughs> That's just, uh, dude, I know I know it's infantile, but it just doesn't work. Um, I'm, I actually know why it's doing it. It's because I'm on my MacBook webcam, and it does it on FaceTime when I talk to my mum as well. And I, I didn't want to give away the secret. I just wanted to see Jonathan just freak out a bit more. But <laughs> That's why it's doing it. You should have kept that going. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was it was constant at the back of my mind, and it was stopping me from actually focusing a hundred percent. because you could have told Frank, uh, yeah, the folks over at Riverside said that it's not working because his fingers are too short and stubby. <laughs> so then I would have put like clips on my, on my fingers. <laughs> Those are fake thumbs. Yeah, yeah, big, big fucking fake thumbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm now I'm wondering what kind of what kind of other gestures uh, Riverside uh, accepts. Maybe if I maybe if I do this. Oh, oh no! What's that? I, I got balloons by doing the kawaii. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Sorry. Um, also, this is oh. nothing's working. <laughs> I, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Uh, if anyone wants some advice on how to be really successful on YouTube, or mi minorly successful, I guess, have ADHD. That really helps. Oh. Uh, it's, it's brilliant, because you, you uh, that, can go that... from, you know, doing all these different types of jobs, and, and it's very... On the other side, if you have ADHD, then you should also do a job like this, because you're constantly doing different things, and it, it's, you know, ticks all those boxes it does. that are going around in your brain. It's funny you say that because <laughs> I'm like that. I'm, I get hyper focused. Okay, so let's say I I get on a subject. So right now, uh, Chris from Jupiter Effects sent this out. Okay, so it's a super distortion. That's his favorite um, favorite pickup. And I'm working on doing a video about uh, Tom Scholes, the guitar player from Boston, oh, old '70s band, and that's the pickup he used. Now I have a fuzz uh, the from the Legend series from JHS. It's uh, the um, Berkeley, and apparently he used that fuzz to get his tone back in the 1970s. But he didn't use it on ev on everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. He used it very specifically for certain things. And right now I'm going down the rabbit hole of figuring out what he played, <laughs> what speakers were in the in the cabinet, uh, like the whole thing. Okay, and I get tunnel vision and. Time doesn't exist anymore. I can be doing this for like eight hours. And at some point I go, fuck, I got to eat. I didn't eat today. Oh, wow. Okay. So then I go eat and then I come back because I can't leave it alone. I have to do it until oh, I'm terrible. completely exhausted and my uh. mind cannot run anymore. Like the little hamster's dead. Okay. Then I go to bed and as I'm trying to like go to sleep, then I go, you know what you forgot, you idiot? What kind of strings was he using? Ah, fuck. And then I'm right back at it. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's absolutely, it's absolutely so, terrible. And that, and it, it's, uh, yeah. Um, 
I guess that makes <coughs> makes <coughs> three of us here. It's <coughs> it's the same thing. I'm um, I am I have my head in ten different things, and apparently the only way to eliminate the list of things is to yeah kind of erase them erase them from the moment yeah. erase them from 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 my life it's so difficult yeah. for me and the problem is i have these 10 things going on and i'm working on them all at the same time but then in my day-to-day mm-hmm. life like my wife tells me something it's like hey can you please do this and i'm like yes one minute later what the fuck did she say shit i forgot <laughs> Yeah, but that, that's just marriage, right? Surely. Every every man I know has done that. <laughs> to it's a degree, a, yeah. <laughs> uh, you just, or not even marriage, just a partnership, like anything. Yeah, yeah, you just, the voice becomes another noise. <laughs> Before Frank and I started this podcast, we were like just exchanging uh, messages over like messenger, Facebook Messenger. And we were like talking for hours, just like, what about this piece of gear? Did you try this? Have, have you tried this in combination with that? And I, I looked at my wife. I said, I think I just found my hetero soulmate. We can talk about <laughs> gear for hours. She's like, that's nice. I'm like, no, but I don't have to tell you that stuff anymore. Right. Cause my wife, she's been hearing me talk about this for 20 years. So just. I'm going off script here, but she has a a work colleague who's a bass player and he comes up to my wife and he tries to talk shop with her because he knows that she knows a little bit about gear. And sometimes she goes, I'm just looking at him and I have no fucking clue what he's saying because he seems to think I know as much as you do. I'm like, well, that's a nice problem to have. She goes, no, I gave him your number. Like, talk to my husband. I don't know what the hell you're talking to me for. (laughs) (laughs) So I changed a pickup and my bass and it's like. Yeah, that's that's what happens when they go out with musicians who have uh, you know ADHD. I'll t- I'll tell you why silicon and germanium are not the same, and whether you want to know it or not. <laughs> that used to when I was still working in in retail. That was the thing that bothered me the most. That if you went out to just have a beer with a couple of people, and then someone told. Another person that hey, this is my this is my buddy Frank. He works at this music store, blah, blah, blah. And then they came around and immediately started a 19. I, I I'm calling them uh a 19-inch conversation because it's like the rack format, you know. Um because it's that then it's suddenly it's all about gear. And you've been talking with customers about gear literally for eight and a half hours, and then somebody in the bar comes up to you and is like, Hey, so I was always wondering. That amp, you know, and I'm like, oh fuck me, I need to get out. I need to get out of here. It's absolutely terrible. Isn't that what like uh, doctors? Like, doctors never tell people they're doctors at, at um, parties. You know, oh, I've got this thing with my knee. You know, oh, I've been with sick people all day. <laughs> this must be the uh, slightly less educated gear equipment. <laughs> only, yeah. only slightly less. Yeah, it's. it's I, like, I hey, think uh, it has to be doctor, the same thing. Right? <laughs> I could I can just imagine the guy like you're a doctor, right? Yes. Yeah, I got this wart. Can I show you? No, I'm not that oh. kind of doctor. I'm like an astrophysicist. <laughs> <laughs> um I have a I have a question around so uh Nam is around the corner. Um are you going to Nam? 
I absolutely am. Yeah, everything's booked up. I am not sleeping because I'm so excited to do that, whatever that is going to be. I, I basically see friends at the very least, but also do some hard, hard work, some sweaty hard work. Yes. Okay. Um, how do you think? Uh, how do you think Nam is going to be or going to stay? relevant with the things we've seen in the past couple of years they did this kind of virtual nam two or three years ago during the pandemic then they had a shift in calendar where last year it was it was in summer or nearly in summer and they didn't have a summer nam in, in, in nashville and now it's back to like it's old kind of um end of january schedule but i've well there's also less and less <coughs> companies going there um, there is, there are companies in town, there are brands in town, but they're not going to NAM. They're booking hotel um, suites or they, they're booking like some kind of external um, room and invite people who go to NAM. Uh, so how do you think NAM is going to stay relevant? Or if you don't think it's going to stay relevant, why do you think that is? This is where I get myself in trouble for being so honest and diplomatic. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll answer that. The answer to that question is very simple, in my opinion and experience. Nam is not going to survive unless they embrace content creators. Mm. And they should have done it many, many years ago. Mm. Uh, everything you've said I, I agree with, or is at least to my knowledge correct. Uh, it is smaller, less popular, and that's because of many, many reasons. Um, I can list some of them. One of them Things like Guitar Summit growing and um, becoming more prominent. Uh, online stuff, people go, that's why we're here. People come to YouTube and wherever to get their information. It's not needed as much as a, as a release show anymore. And um, printed publications are not as popular as they were. Mm. Um, and also... There is a money problem. People don't have so much money for gear right now. Mm. And people are reevaluating, and quite rightly so, whether they need to buy that guitar pedal amp plug-in. Yes. Um, or do they need to eat? And in the past, it's kind of a joke. I won't eat this month. I'll save up for that new fuzz. Mm. Uh, it's not a joke anymore. It's not funny anymore. No. Um, and it's something that everybody in the music instrument industry has to consider that there is not that much more money at the moment. And I think it will change. We're going, everything's cyclical, of course, and we're going through it at the moment. But um, to go back to NAM, I spoke with them because I contacted them. They sent me an email and said, Andy, we'd love for you to come to NAM this year. Mm. I said, great. It's going to cost me 5,000 euros. How are you going to help with that? Um, and they said, oh, we're, we're going to get you free tickets. I said, great. <laughs> Let's cut, let's cut it down by about 150 euros. How are you going to help me more? Um, and basically they weren't. Yeah. Mm. And then I spoke to a, a series of people. Um, and to be honest with them, if they're watching this, each person was very nice, but had no idea what they were talking about and had no actual authority. And I know that they were just bobbing me off with someone so that I got a, a conversation. Uh, I did enjoy the conversation. This, these people were very nice, but I didn't get the answers I needed. Then I finally got to someone who I'm, I, I think there's something I actually can't say there. So I, I'll, I know I'm being honest, but there's something I have to omit there. I talked to someone who's related to this NAM thing. And this person told me that they 
that the NAM organization is very aware of content creators and that's a way that they can stay alive. And but they didn't use those words, of course. That's how we can work together to a mutual benefit, uh, beneficial outcome. And um, which means content creators, please come to NAM because we're dying. Um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, they've they've promised me that 2025 will be different to every other NAM experience. But I, I don't count things as done until they're done you know so this might be my last nam i'm going there purely to try it like i did with music messer in 2018 if i hadn't gone there as i said uh things wouldn't be different so something in my heart is telling me to go to nam this year i'm going um but they say that 2025 they're going to be more con content creator creator focused uh as it stands, it's really expensive to go to NAM when you live in Europe, as, as you mm. guys know. Mm. Um, not only that, but uh, it's a lot of time away from my family, and I have to have that conversation. I don't want to, but my, my kids really need me at the moment. This, you know, mm. They have some stuff going on. They're at an age where they need their dad and their, mm. their mum. And daddy doesn't want to go off and play with guitars. You know, I, I, I'm dad first everything else comes under that and uh yeah so where were we yeah now i'm succeeding i think nam would be more successful if they were to franchise it into smaller organizations and have smaller shows i think the show was too big mm. it was exactly the right size when it was the only one it was the main focus of the you know, the, the highlights january every year new products then companies decided just to release products when and whenever due to the pandemic uh and now we don't need that um that big month of of releases mm. but if, if i were now i would at least look into doing smaller shows more frequently and internationally you know i, I don't know the log logistics behind that i know nothing i don't know what i'm talking about but I do know that the NAM show is, as you said, Frank, struggling, getting smaller, or you said getting smaller. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's needed as much, and that's the reason. When something's not needed as much, then it doesn't thrive. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm basically, I'm basically asking because there was this interview with the CEO of NAM, who said all these things exactly as you were stating them he said that he said that you know we are going to convert nam into um an event that is dedicated for content creators to come and and like you know spread the word about all the fantastic gear that you are bringing to the show out the world the problem is the initiative as you just stated the initiative has been very very poor because there are mm -hmm. so many expenses like I was checking, if I had to go f to Nam for work now, um, the actual flight would be super cheap. I could fly for like five hundred euros, forth and back, uh, which is really cheap. But then the 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 expenses they start as soon as you as you go there because you know hotels are more expensive than ever. You need to eat, you need to you know all these uh, all these kind of things, and suddenly you end up where you just said you end up with expenses uh, going up to five k and. Um, Nam is not doing anything to to kind of cushion or comfort that. So um, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, 
I think that is my personal opinion, like just looking at like concluding what I've heard so far. I think we might be going back to smaller shows uh, and more specialized shows where people who are like Guitar Summit is a very guitar focused show. You have a couple of things here and there, you know, you have some pro audio here and there, which is like kind of also guitar related, um, but it's basically guitar stuff. And I think we might be going back to these kind of smaller, more specialized, more focused shows where the audience kind of speaks the same language. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. I, I don't know. As I said, I know nothing about what I'm talking about, about putting on a show, but it, that's how I feel. Um, and Nam can have that. I did notice some, some pushback from some brands that they don't want a content creator focused show because they go to Nam to do business deals. Yeah. Uh, and I, I totally understand that. And, and several people, sorry, several brands are coming from Europe to go to America to get distribution in America. Mm. And they don't want some dickhead with a camera coming in and saying, Hey, what have you got? Let's make a video so I can make all that money on YouTube. You know, <laughs> they don't want, they don't want that. They're, they're more focused on actually, um, creating business partnerships. Uh, but, I, I I don't know. You can't please everyone all the time. You know, it's a cliche because it's true. However, yeah, it, it's when something's not working and you keep doing it and nothing changes, then it's going to die. Mm. Mm -hmm. So if you you have to change, you have to change. It's, it's the same with with channels. Um, we're dynamic, right? With YouTube channels. As you said earlier, Jonathan, you put all this work into a video and then someone or many people don't like it. Okay, that didn't work. Let's pivot on that and try something different. Yep. Or, or what did we learn from that? You know, Everybody has to go through life learning every day. Because if you don't, you end up old and bitter and unfulfilled. And on your deathbed, you will say, oh, whoops. Yeah, I probably should have done that a bit differently. <laughs> Do it now. Make the change now. I should have made that one video. <laughs> just damn one you. more fuzz <laughs> so the, you bring about a really interesting um topic here that i don't think we've addressed here on the channel yet but it's we the the content creator if you will i i think we're kind of doing the same kind of work that the legacy kind of guitar media was doing before, like the magazines. Uh, if you mm. remember like Paul from guitar magazine was doing this like way before the internet, he was doing <laughs> this on CD. Right. So if you think yeah. back yeah. to that, we're just kind of, you know, hopping off of this concept that he had going on, but we have to change a formula because we're not publishing anything. We're not being like technically, being sent all this information so that we can print it into a magazine and sell the magazine. We're not selling anything. We're putting this content out for free. So I think that when it comes to something like Guitar Summit, companies should see the content creator like magazines. We're here, we have an audience, they are watching the, the, the videos and they might not know who you are. Maybe you're big in your country, but you might not be big in another country. And having mm. that kind of free exposure, they don't even have to pay for it. If you want to be in a publication, you have to pay for that. It's not free. But with a YouTuber, it's yeah. free. That's my doorbell. Like wow. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. 
<laughs> it was the most jolly. Sorry, that's just put over, that's put a bit of jolliness into the show, hasn't it? There we go. There's your new, <laughs> so, there's your new jingle. Um, yeah, pro- sorry. Yeah. So, so the concept is this: is that uh, even uh, a buddy of mine there, Remco, we're going to have him on uh, on the podcast next month. He was saying because I met him at Guitar Summit, and he was saying YouTubers are essentially the new media. This is how we get the word out for companies. So if you send someone such as yourself over to Nam, it's not an annoying YouTuber. It's someone that not only has a hundred thousand subscribers. How many views do you have across a channel from people who are not subscribed? That's a lot of yeah. exposure. So those companies, they benefit from having an interview with you, even if it's like just two minutes. Here's the new pedal. Here's our brand. We're br- no, we've been around for six months. Great. You don't know how that's going to convert to sale. It might or it might not. But if you don't take that mm. chance, you'll never know. Mm. Yeah. Silence yeah, I, filled I, the I, room. I, I, <laughs> no, I was I was just enjoying like thinking and to remember to enjoy what I do. I, I think there's someone at my door. Um, take, I'm, take a minute. I'm, go, I'm not go going work. to answer it because I'm. No. I'm working right now. This is work. <laughs> this is hard work. Very hard work. This is the hardest job in the world. Mm-hmm. And also. El- Elka's upstairs, and she's right next to the door, so she should, she should, she should answer maybe the bloody she, door for once. Maybe she doesn't want to. She looked at the door. She said, "Nah, that those are more pedals. No, thank you." <laughs> <laughs> I have two doorbells. Uh, right, I, I don't want to brag too much, but at my house, I have two doorbells, and one is for visits to the house from fans, friends, and family. And the other one is for deliveries for me. And that's the delivery button. So I was you know, right. Because I'm a big successful YouTuber, two doorbells, two doorbells, Andy. That's what they call me. You, you know what I did? I took off my doorbell because I live in the, in the country, right? And Belgians are kind of specific about doors and how you approach someone when you want them to open the door. And I'm going to get to that. So Belgians don't really believe in knocking at the door. They only ring the bell. So I have one of those wireless bell system where if you pressed on it and the battery was out, there was no ringing at the door. So they would just leave. They wouldn't think to knock at the door. <laughs> so I had to take the whole thing out or else they wouldn't knock. <clears throat> and I even had some younger drivers who would come in. I could see them. My window's right here. The door's right beside me. I would see the delivery truck. The guy would come in he would look, he wouldn't see a doorbell and he'd turn around. I had to open the door. Hey, I'm home. Oh, uh, I, I didn't know what to do. There was no doorbell. What? That's, That's your amazing. fist. You've seen this motion before, right? <laughs> I have to ask, why didn't you just put new batteries in the doorbell? Because it's those really big, you know, the really big batteries. There's like eight of them. It's like $15 worth of batteries just to put it in that stupid system. So I was like, nah, no thanks. I just took it off. Nah, okay. I was, no, I, hear I was you. like, you can knock at the door. And that's when the delivery guys want to deliver here because I live out in the country. Sometimes they just go to like the drop-off point and they just put it there, but they don't leave a notice. So I don't know it's there. And then I have companies writing to me like, did you receive what we sent you? You sent me something? <laughs> yes, like two weeks ago. And it says that it's at this drop-off point. I'm like, fuck. Every time, 
Frank can attest to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> every time, every time yeah. you, every time I sent you something, you, you, you always told me like, please send me the tracking code because you know I, I want to be aware uh, if that that it's coming because these guys are like, uh, they're gonna try, like, they're gonna look through the window. Oh, I don't see a light. Yeah, we're just gonna leave it at the UPS pickup no. station and and go away. You know, it's um, yeah. Every time. It is true. Every time. Yep. I actually know what that delivery is. I bought myself a Steam Deck. Because I, I used to love gaming and I don't have time now because of all you know, because of life. And I thought maybe if I buy a little handheld gaming thing I could I could do some gaming. So I'm looking forward to that Steam Deck not getting plugged in, turned on, or being used at all and just putting on the shelf. And it stares at me looking guilty. Because <laughs> you're too busy creating content, right? Too busy being, being absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Oh, well, no. it, my house is like that. I have a PS4. We have two Switch consoles. I used to have other consoles because I used to be a, a game tester. So I love video games. But I haven't sat down to play a video game in like two years. I think the last game I played was Horizon on the PS4. And that is it. Like I haven't touched the console since. I only watch YouTube videos on my PS4 now. So, Jeez. yeah, it's sad. I, was, I just the thought was game tester, dream job, you know. Yeah. And I then I thought, to, hang yeah. on, it's it's the same as this, right? It's the same. It's as it's the exact same, dude. You have no idea. Okay, so just quick little blurb about video game testing. So I used to work for a company called Beanox. They belong to Activision. Oh, and okay. when I got there, originally, we were testing, uh, like, Guitar Hero, okay? All the DLC for Guitar Hero, that's what I was doing. So they were like, you're a musician, you like video games, that's perfect, because we just got the contract to test all the DLC for Guitar Hero. So there was Guitar Hero 3, there was Rock Band, I mean, I've, I've, I got sick of it, okay? So I was doing the singing, like, ah! trying to see if the notes were tracking properly i was doing the guitar the bass we had a drum kit and i remember there was this one guy who took this way too seriously dude he was sweating and he was just pounding on this thing <laughs> and one of my one of the like one of the floor managers came over said dude you, you might want to chill because it's not a real drum kit those are midi pads and this guy's just sweating and he's got his water bottle and he's going at it. And that stunk to high heaven in there. I said, yeah, man, it's tracking super well. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Was, yeah, I did that for a year. And like at first you think like, this is cool, dude. All I'm doing is doing game testing. But here's the thing. When you get sent the first build of the video game, and a lot of people don't believe me, and I swear, do research it. You, you'll see I'm right. All we're doing is looking for dicks. That's all we're doing. Because game programmers, they program penises in everything just to make sure that the game testers are really thorough no. about their work. <laughs> yes. And they've been doing this forever. This is amazing. So I was working on Ice Age 3, okay? And we're looking for dicks. Like, it's the first build that's the first thing we're looking for. So, so yeah, we're we're looking for dicks. And I, I'm i like, I'm a guy. I know what it looks like. I'm going to be able to find one. So there's one of my friends there. She's sitting there. And she goes, oh, my God. No one noticed this? 
I'm like, what? She goes, this one, like this one level where you have Sid that's doing some skating, the whole map is a dick. No one noticed for the entire first build. I was like, oh, how God. the hell are these guys doing this? And and it's all over the place. Sometimes it can be in the background. You have to really like look and you're like, there's one. And you have to send this as a bug report. So the first build is really us looking for dicks. Once they got rid of the dicks, <laughs> then you're on to actual game testing. And game testing sucks because you're just doing the same stuff over and over. And we had what we called game breakers. Those were the guys who found all the ways to make a game crash. So some of them were like oh. playing with a like a, the, the let's say the remote, but it was wireless. And while the screen was loading, they would take the batteries out and the game would crash. So that was a bug report. And if you could do that, you were just like elevated throughout the company. But I never got there because I was still looking for dicks. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, where are the dicks? It's like, dude, you, there's more to your job than this. <laughs> That's uh, that has to be the title of your autobiography. Yeah. Looking for dicks. Looking for uh, dicks. Uh, yeah, I was. Like, I, I want to be in a band. <laughs> Surely that's a Blink One Eight Two song. That, that's that's amazing. It's it a, has to be. It has to, it, this. Sh this should be like written in stone somewhere. I was working on Ice Age Three, and all we were looking for is dicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sid was just running around a massive dick. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the same the same friend who found the original dick. She found one, okay, but listen to this. She, she found one in Guitar Hero, but the final version that had been printed and out for months. And she's like, oh. on like the load screen, there was one right there. But the thing is, is that they're subtle about it. It's not like drawn crudely. They're, they're going to use like designs and they're going to like hide it in there. As she like calls our, our, our floor manager, she's like, right there he's like god damn it this thing's already out we can't do anything about it <laughs> so no one noticed but game testers man that's yeah it was part of our job well then again i mean it's 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 guitar hero you know they expect dicks to be in there you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that i didn't know that so, yeah, well, I, I told you, a... it's unfiltered here <laughs> let's talk about it can I come back next week? This is great fun. <laughs> Anytime. You're more dude. than welcome. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I am actually going to have to leave, I'm afraid, because the kids will need picking up and need uh, securing back to the house. No, no worries. And there's a, obviously there's a Steam Deck upstairs, and uh, I've got to go and look for some digs. We, we understand. No worries. Makes sense. Um, if you could just leave the browser window open until the data has been uploaded, so then you won't be needing to do it. Definitely. So you can you can leave the sure, so you can leave this this. Um, I can leave the chat. You can leave the chat. So leave the browser open. Yes, that would be amazing. And then okay. and then uh, I would like That's to a done deal. we would like to thank you for taking the time this morning. And uh, yeah, one hundred percent. If uh, if you want to come on on the show again, we we can continue to talk about Ice Age 3 and dicks, then... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> How about no? <laughs> this was a one-time thing, dude. I'm never talking about that again. <laughs> I want to know John if there was an Ice Age 4. Talk about dick. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
He's oh, just man. sneaks it in all conversations. You know, this one time I was I was working in marketing, and this guy. No, John, that's enough. That's yeah, enough. We get it. <laughs> Looking for dicks. I get it. I am going to put a dick in my next video, just for you, Jonathan. That. Uh, oh Damn it. Do I have to send you a bug report too? You're going to have to watch the video to find out. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like spliced in there, kind of like in um, in Fight Club. You know how in we Fight Club, spli- yeah. Yeah, how are you splicing <laughs> dicks into like kids' movies and stuff? <laughs> okay. Although I, I do consider my channel not, it is kind of family friendly, kind of, as in I like, I like to think my mum can watch it without being too ashamed. So I might put a Sid in there from Ice Age just to. But you'll know what it means, and listeners to this will know what it means. Everybody else, well, no idea. No idea why there's a Sid in your video. <laughs> yeah, cool. Also, if you spell Sid with a C, it's dick backwards. So oh, yeah. there's that. It's true. It's true. <laughs> nice. Nice. Fact. I hadn't thought of it. Fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. nice. Cool. Well, this this was a, a hell of a way to this, finish a podcast. Yeah, def- definitely. Um, Jonathan, <laughs> if you could stay on, because um, I'd like to still do the news section. Um, and uh, yeah, no worries. All right, Andy. Thank you very thank much. You so much, Andy. Okay, okay. Uh, really and it. we're gonna see you soon. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I will send you uh, some some sausages in the post. Yeah. Please do. <laughs> Sa- sausage Sid. Sausage. And a, door- and a doorbell for you, Jonathan. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me on. I would love to come back at some point. Maybe post Nam, you know, so yeah. we can... Uh, Talk I Nam. Can, I, can yeah. ro- I can be wrong about everything I guessed. <laughs> we, we'll see. Right Happy on. to have you again, man. Okay. Great. Goodbye, gentlemen. Nice to talk All to right. you. See ya. Bye. Bye. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, okay, so, yes, yeah, I'd still like to talk about a few kind of news-related things, and um, I'm going to share my screen. Where is that? There we go. It's going to be blurry for a second, but then you might be able to... Yeah. Are you seeing it? Okay. First thing, yeah. first thing, not normally everything that has to do with news around the clone, I'm like disregarding and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, no, fuck that. I don't wanna I don't wanna hear about it. However, this is fun <laughs> because the because uh Bill Bill Finnegan, the guy who invented um the the clone and made around eight thousand units of uh, like in the original enclosure is going to build one himself and um it's going to be the only one and the only uh, the only reason I'm actually I want to talk about it is because it's for a good cause so apparently what's happening here a good friend of his is in uh, financial trouble and he wants to help him out so he's building that one uh that one clan and giving it to his friend and then this friend is going to sell it on on his eBay, in his eBay shop. And um, everything okay. that's left after PayPal and eBay fees is actually going to stay with that friend as a financial aid. And um, hmm. yeah, I just thought that was a really nice, that's a really nice thing to do. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm sharing it. 
it, it's it's actually refreshing to see something like this because we we don't always see the more what's the word I'm looking for philanthropic side of um, like pedal manufacturers. Yeah, I know that there's Brian Wampler that does that sometimes. He'll he'll build a pedal mm. so we can help someone. Now we see Bill Finnegan doing the same thing. Yeah, and I think that's the thing we should retain from companies is that they're not just there for like making money. They're people too. So when they care about someone, they do it in the best way they can. And I mean, the Klon is quite easily one, if not the most overpriced pedal on the used market. Yeah. So him making one, there's that aspect that's very interesting for people saying, hey, it's the only one that's been made after the company's, I guess we could say, not necessarily under, but in hiatus. Hmm. And if that really helps someone by like jacking up the price and that person being financially being able to recuperate here, that's that's great. We need more of that. Yeah, one hundred percent. And um, yeah, he added in his original Instagram post, um, "Clones, con clon conspiracy theorists, please please take note. Whatever amount the unit sells for after eBay and PayPal fees are subtracted, um, every last penny of the remainder will be hers." And I will receive none of it. So, uh, referring to the to the friend, um, yep. and yeah, you're you're right. The status of the Klon Centaur in the annals of guitar pedals cannot be understated. With only eight thousand or so models created before its discontinuation in two thousand eight, the pedal remains in extreme high demand and has and continues to sell for eye watering prices on secondhand marketplaces like eBay. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's. Um, it's uh, it's true. So yeah, um, I think that's a it's a very nice and refreshing thing to hear um, regarding yeah. news around the clone. Then something that I saw, but you also sent it over to me, um, which is the um, the news uh, that Devin Townsend and Laney release a cabinet as loud as a jet plane. When I saw wow. this, and I was I was looking <laughs> at this. First, I was like, okay, so he's releasing a an active 4x12 cabinet with 2,600 watts of power, uh, which is, uh, yeah, a full-range flat response because uh, he's known to use modeling devices such as the XFX, the Quad Cortex, etc., etc. So it's a cabinet especially made for these types of uh, like modeling devices. Um, and I was like, why would you do that? But then I had, I read the headline again, and I and I was like, "It's Devin Townsend, you know. Of course he does. Of course he does. He's he's one of uh, just a side note. He's one of my favorite artists ever. Ever since I listened to Ocean Machine uh, when it came out, yeah. it was like I'm yeah I'm mind blown by everything that he does. He has he has a scene. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's such a he has such a unique approach to music, um, which obviously is influenced, but he's what what he's putting in there is yeah, it's just amazing. So we're gonna have a um two thousand six hundred watts uh capable cabinet that produces SPL levels of one hundred and thirty-nine decibels. This means the wow. cabinet's output is one decibel short of matching the sound of a jet plane taking off, which is... That's some serious ear damage right there. Wow. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, it also comes yeah. with 
like impulse responses. Actually, I'm not sure if that's in here, but uh, so two of two of the the impulse responses that Devin Townsend has been using for a long time are actually built into the cabinet. So with the oh, with that's the, interesting. exactly with the with the XLR route that you can then send to your front of house or whatever, you'll actually get a, a little bit of of that of that sound, um, which is great. And then uh, I think. Uh, what was uh, Laney saying here? Uh, well, Devin Townsend says it's a, it's a game changer, and then but there was also a quote from from Laney where they said like, "Yeah, we wanted to give today's players the chance to really experience the iconic look and the feel of the movement of air of a four by twelve, even when using their uh, their modelers." Which is yeah. Here is something that I noticed. I notice it time and time again. There are a lot of players out there who have never played a loud amplifier in a room. The only thing they know is maybe plugins or modelers, which is due to the fact that a lot of people, you know, start making music at home, and then obviously they don't need mm. a loud amplifier. They do what's available and what's available within their budget. So, and then I talked to someone who, who was it? Oh yeah, there's an artist from from Serbia called uh, David Maxim Micic, uh, who makes amazing progressive rock, progressive metal albums. And at some point I talked talk to him and he learned to be an audio engineer as well. He, he studied audio engineering, but he actually never mic'd up an amp before. So, <laughs> wow, that's yeah, crazy. it's absolutely, it's absolutely mind boggling. So, and then I would see whenever I go into a guitar store, I would see people who um, who come from modelers, and they go into a room and they they for the first time they plug in a fifty one fifty or something like that, and they play it and they're like, holy shit! They they can't handle it. They're yeah. not able to control yeah. it because everything yeah. they are used to is coming out of like uh, full range monitors or the headphones. And it's interesting. It's yep. really interesting to see. Yeah, well, playing with a loud amp to begin with uh, is very daunting as a guitar player. So I remember, like, I started playing in 87. So I was just a little kid. And I remember, like, seeing my uncle uh, play with his band. And the music was really loud. And by the time I got in my teens, where I was starting to be able to keep up with these guys, mm-hmm. I remember having a 30-watt uh, fender amp and i had pedals going through it and the feedback trying to find where there's no hum you know that famous like you get all the ground hum and then you move and all of a sudden you're good so you stay in this position you yes. don't move anymore yes and that i didn't have uh, a noise gate so i knew nothing about noise gates and there's also the 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 like the response to having a live amp which is really different because as you're playing it sometimes you hit like that sweet spot yes. where you get just the right feedback so you can sustain a note forever. And everyone's like just amazed at how well you can sustain that note. It's very hard to replicate. It's not impossible, but it's very hard to replicate with like studio monitors and, you know, oh, some yeah. modeling amp. You can do it, but I mean, you're going to have to stand really close to your monitors to be able to achieve that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I don't know if it's missing for these guys because the style of music that they're playing maybe doesn't call for these things, 
Or maybe they're onto something different that's going to move guitar in a different direction because they don't have that kind of feedback with the guitar. But if you introduce them to it, sometimes they can go to hell with modelers. I want a tube amp. Like I, yeah. that feeling is just killer, right? So that's yeah, interesting to see like uh, FRFR cabinets with modelers, especially Devin Townsend. I mean, he was playing Mesa Boogie amps you know, mic'd up before, and then he's moved on to that. And a lot of bands are moving on to modelers, yeah. but they love the practicality and portability of a modeler. But what they're missing is really that feedback that they get from a real amp. Yes. And I'd be curious to try that with the Kemper and see how that reacts. <clears throat> yeah. They, they already, Laney already did a one by 12 and a two by 12 powered cabinet. And I believe that Guthrie Govan is actually using those, um, on tour uh, because he moved to play um, fractal audio stuff live. Okay. Um, because I, well, I believe at some point he said, you know, um, why take all that stuff with you if A, 95% uh, of the audience doesn't hear a difference and B, it's just more convenient yeah. I, and I get to take like 10 amps with me, you know, 10 amps and a lot of funny like special effects that I, cannot replicate with a pedal board otherwise it have to yeah. be, would have to be a really big pedal board and um yeah. yeah so yeah that was uh that was fun to see and then um gibson it's gibson again but this time they're not suing <laughs> this time they're being sued which is a um really? a refreshing change so um prs and the ted <laughs> mccarty estate are suing gibson over the theodore trademark um so mm. gibson released the 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 theodore uh model at some point i think inside no i, th I think it was actually 2022 i'm not 100 sure yeah so yeah it's a while yeah back. it's a while back and um yeah so then uh here it says the release of gibson's theodore guitar has spawned problems for the company as Guitar.com reports Ted McCarthy's estate and PRS have made a court case of Gibson's use of the Theodore trademark and are seeking to cancel it. This has, in turn, caused the launch, launch of another uh, court case entirely over PRS Silver Sky Nebula mark allegedly conflicting with the Silver Burst mark of Gibson. And while I'm reading this, I'm like, ah, what? what the fuck? You know, why... <laughs> what is exactly yeah, what you know so just for people who are not familiar with the with the history so uh theodore mccarthy um mccarty sorry mccarty uh was like one of the legends in engineering um in the golden era of electric guitars he worked at gibson from 48 to 66 he be became uh gibson's president in 1950 and then he retired from the company. And then afterwards, uh, he became president of Bixby Electric Guitars and be kind of became Paul Reed Smith's uh, mentor, you know, assisting him uh, essentially in, in launching the brand that was later called PRS. And uh, some people who, are f who have heard the name might have heard it in conjunction with the McCarty model that PRS released as kind of a tribute to the man. Um, 
So it says, when Gibson launched the Theodore guitar in July 2022, it was granted the Theodore trademark for all stringed instrument-related questions. PRS responded in September of that same year by petitioning for the, for the trademark's cancellation. They argued that consumers of guitars would recognize the name Theodore as identifying Theodore McCarty, even though Gibson has no right to the guitar designer's public persona or personal name. This would deceive potential buyers into assuming McCarty's estate had given the green light for the guitar's creation. <sighs> Guys, it's a name. Yeah. They, <clears throat> they didn't full out write Ted McCarty no. on, on, on the guitar. It, but I, I think this speaks volumes to how companies are handling this whole like trademark yeah. thing. Like, it's the most important thing to them. You know, I have to trademark this name. I have to trademark this design. And to a certain point, I mean, everyone's just kind of plagiarizing one another. And they've been doing it forever, though. The, the industry is based on this concept. So when someone comes out with a guitar design, they call it Theodore. And someone just assumes that it means, you know, Ted McCarty should probably do a little bit of research. But at the same time, who owns the name Ted McCarty? yeah that's the it's i mean i'm not a lawyer here i i I don't know but i i find that yeah gibson has been suing a lot of people left and right Mm. and then someone else comes in to sue them but it doesn't make it better i find that they're just basically wasting their time and just having online drama for nothing because at the end of the day who cares i don't call the guitar what you want if it's a great guitar someone's gonna buy it for sure but it's like if theodore's too much I call it Theodore with another letter at the end, Theodore P. Hey, we were thinking about, you know, someone else when we were making this design. So that way there's no confusion. I'll call it, I'll call it but Theo, Theodore, I mean, you know, call it, make it, make the name short, call yeah. it Theo. What's the, um, but obviously, you know, Gibson apparently then said like, okay, we're going to sue you back and we're going to come up with something that we can sue you with. Um, and then, so they in, in June 23, so last year, Gibson filed an answer to the initial claim instead of a simple motion to dismiss. Simultaneously, the company filed its counterclaim involving PRS's Silver Sky Nebula mark. In December 23, the counterclaim was separated from the original one as being treated as a different case. While the motion is severe as was still in consideration, the original case was suspended but set to continue at the end of January 2024. So essentially, they're saying... Uh, the Silver Sky Nebula, which is, which is like this color uh, variation of the Silver Sky model, is based. The dispute is based around the blue and purple visuals of the guitar that change uh, hue according to the viewing angle. So it's like a multicolor kind of uh, finish. Um, Gibson alleges that the Silver Sky Nebula conflicts with Gibson's Silver Burst mark which the company uses for a silver guitar finish, fading to black at the edges of the guitar body. Which is like, oh, dear Lord. where is where is this even? How is this even close? I'm suing you for using the word silver. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's uh, at this point it's just ridiculous. I mean, those guitars look nothing alike. But that that's the point I'm trying to bring up is that these guys they're just like suing back and forth just so that they can have the trademark over very common things. I think this is. In my opinion, it's just very bad business practice because it makes you look like an asshole. Yeah. That's what it does. Did I ever tell yeah. you who who is, which is the with the only company is 
that was able to defend each and every trademark uh, that there is on their guitars? No. Nope. Rickenbacker. Oh, Rickenbacker really? okay. have successfully trademarked certain aspects of their guitar designs that you can't replicate, not even close. So, for instance, you know that the uh, behind the, the bridges of the Rickenbacker, this, this kind of tailpiece that has the R uh, in it? Yeah. If you have a guitar and you put a letter in kind of the same way, it doesn't have to be an R, it can be a number, uh, they can they can sue you to go away with that product. Mm. And uh, wow. like the, okay. the elevated pickguard, for example, like the way it's elevated, the way it's shaped and everything, the headstock, they were, they are able, they were able to trademark all of that stuff. So um, because I remember that um, a couple of companies wanted to go to market in the US with some kind of Rickenbacker copies um, and... Uh, they were not able to. They were not able to sell them anywhere publicly because as soon as they would pop up at a dealer or uh, on their own website, Rickenbacker would just, you know, go to court and sue them and they were successful. Hmm. So. Wow, I did not know yeah. that. So Rickenbacker is the only company who was actually able to do that. This whole thing here, to me, is is a joke. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I don't even know what to call it. it. It's a joke and... <laughs> Uh, I I don't know if you remember, but a few weeks back, there was the same issue with Gibson uh, wanting to bring DiMarzio to court over the double cream oh. design. Okay. Yeah. I remember many, many years back, I saw a video with, um, I forget his name, um, the guy from Seymour, uh, well... Seymour Duncan, the guy from Seymour Duncan. <laughs> I, was, I was looking for his name. You know the guy from Seymour Duncan, uh, Bob something? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the Seymour Duncan was saying that back in whatever the 80s, I think, um, Larry DiMarzio said, hey, are, are you cool with uh, are you cool with me like having the exclusive you know, design for the double cream? It would mean a yeah, lot yeah. to me. And Seymour Duncan was like, nah, sure, dude, do it. I'm, I'm not going to do double cream. And it was just like kind of like a friendly thing, like, sure, just go ahead, do it. And now we have Gibson going, you're not allowed to do that yeah. no more. We have double cream because we invented it. No, you didn't. You're like the maybe fifth person to own Gibson. You weren't there at the beginning. Like, come on, guys. It's a fucking color of a plastic part of the, of the guitar pickup. You're really going to sue each other over shit like that. And I think that's what makes those big companies look silly. Yeah. It's just back and forth suing each other over things that don't matter. They're trivial. Yeah, one hundred percent. We're there going, yeah, and 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 the people are just losing respect for them because it's just, it's not really unethical, but it's just very childish. Oh in yeah, the behavior. Like I'm going to sue you for this really small detail, something no one gives a shit about to begin with. So, yeah, yeah. imagine yeah. you could imagine you could do that with let's say a pedal design. Let's say you could uh, let's say you could patent and trademark the design of a PCB board. You know uh, that was a, let's say mm. let's say Bill Finnegan had the possibility to go to go to the you know tra trademark or patent institution and say, hey, I've made this design, this sound design. 
You know, there's this, uh, there's a certain sound associated with this, and a certain way how how this functions. I want to patent and trademark it. We wouldn't see any other pedal then and and if maybe would we would see other pedals that are like like the clon but bill finnegan would uh would earn a lot of royalties which with each of those being sold yeah so but uh, yeah it's not oh. it, it's not possible could, could you imagine also like i, I have a boss pedal yeah. there could you imagine the design of the pedal itself on the outside that you were like you can't use those knobs can't use that foot switch system yeah can't use those leds where does it stop exactly you know? that's the but obviously the pedal world doesn't work that way so that's there's a that's why we don't see so much yeah there's you know? a practical obviously there's a lot of practical issues uh with that um i'd like to do a little bit of housekeeping um hold on for a second i'm gonna do a mm -hmm. live unboxing <laughs> live unboxing nice oh and by the way for anyone still watching we have uh, this pedal right here, which is the Arc of Tone. It's a very limited edition because it's actually one of the prototypes that we had. So everything is like the finished product. It's just a very different color. So we're going to get to Frank doing the unboxing. Yeah, let's do the unboxing. So, so yeah, we're giving that um, away. We are giving... Uh, so thanks to everyone who subscribed to the channel. And uh, we've I've also seen an increase in people following us on, on, on Spotify which is really great. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, so thank you. Thanks to everyone who joined. And in um, in partnership with uh, Chris Jupiter from Jupiter Effects, who was so kind to um, to give us one of his pedals in a li limited run color, we are giving this away um, when we reach 250 subscribers. And I have it right here with me. It's a... An unbelievable, oh, look at beautiful Jupiterfix Wallow in the limited run color pink, which I'm jealous. Yeah, which absolutely looks <laughs> amazing. And um, yeah, we're gonna give this away as soon as we reach 250 uh, subscribers. So if you're not subscribed to the channel yet, you should definitely do so. Not only for the pedal, because uh, you know, we are going to continue to, to deliver entertaining podcasts and entertaining content uh, like this, like the one we had with um, with Andy. And there's more stuff coming. We have more guests lined up and a few really, yep. like a, a few guests that I'm really looking forward to because a few of these guys have been working in the industry for such a long time and they have so much experience and they have so much to tell. And uh, I, I need to, kind of start my catalog of questions to be honest <laughs> in order to uh yeah. yeah but yeah but for now um yeah subscribe to the channel as soon as we reach 250 we're gonna we're gonna do that live then you know we're gonna put 250 yeah. uh youtube usernames into a big online bowl and then click the button and we're gonna screen share this for full transparency and the name who's been and drawn is going to receive a Jupiter Fix Wallow in pink. And just to be clear, you have to be publicly subscribed because if you just leave a comment and we can't verify that you're subscribed, we won't be able to pick your name. So if you click subscribe, you can look online how to do this, but you can make sure to have your uh, 
your profile publicly subscribed so that way we can see your subscriber um had the same issue with uh, my youtube channel where i did some giveaways and it creates a lot of conflict so that's the best way to make sure that you can win this pedal is to be publicly subscribed and when are we giving away the uh arc of tone i don't 500. remember 500 yeah. so the 250 is coming up rather soon because the channel keeps growing like at a really fast yeah. pace so that's coming up really really soon exactly and at 500 we're giving away the arc of tone and maybe um at some point uh you know we can partner up with a couple of uh, uh other companies and you know yep. um start doing giveaways at a um at a steady steady pace maybe andy will give us a doorbell hey that would be <laughs> you know just give away <laughs> a doorbell or maybe we can we can give away one of the uh guitar geek mugs let's see I'll yeah yeah get a mug so we can uh send it out apparently water doesn't spill with that mug that's what he exactly said. i believe him yeah he seems so, to be very no. honest about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, i mean very transparent about it no. um i think that's everything i have anything you'd like to add uh while we were talking about uh jupiter effects so i have uh this one here delay that i'm going to be doing a lot of videos mm -hmm. for um mainly a portion that's going to go on instagram and one bigger video that's going to be on my youtube channel and i'm trying to do something different usually i do videos where it's more like methodical and i'm talking about the features and all this but this thing man i i don't know what chris has done with that pedal internally i don't know anything about it but it is inspiring oh to yeah play. like i've plugged it in and I just had a black. I played it for three hours. That never happens. Usually, I get a pedal. I spend like a half hour. I get a sense of what the a pedal can do, and then I start testing and stuff. But this thing, I played with it like a little kid. It was grabbing pedals. I was like, oh, I need to try this because it has an effects mm. loop. Yep. I was just having a blast with this, and that's what I want to come across in the video that I'm going to be doing on it. I want to show that you can have fun with something like that. You can get lost in the creativity and come up with riffs that sometimes you wouldn't come up with on your own but the pedal really inspires that so yeah i'm gonna be working on that yeah it's a uh, yeah i think anything on your end um no nothing nothing on my end at this point um i still have i still have a uh 40 sale going on on the ffx pedals website and we still have a few pedals left so um if you want to you know um, if you want to get get a pedal for a really sleek course, then now is the time. Um, I've, I'm already completely dry on all you can boost and a couple of others. So oh, yeah, um, yeah. But um, no, that would be it for this week. And um, yeah, cool. That means we'll see you guys uh, back again next week with another guest. I'm uh, we. Which I won't reveal at this point, but it's going to be fun. And um, yeah, until then, have a great week. Have a uh, rest of the week. Have a great weekend, and um, we'll see you very soon. See you see next ya. week. Cheers. Cheers.